welcome to You've Never Seen Back to the Future. Hi, Leah. Hello, Ross. How are you? Good. I struggle. Once I'm talking, I'm fine, but I struggle over doing things like saying hello. But I feel like I'm over that now. We're out of the introduction. We're into the episode. We're already going. How are you doing? Yeah, not bad at all. I was just thinking that one day I will have seen Back to the Future. Will we have to change the name of the podcast? Or is that day too far in the future to even worry about it? Oh, man, I hadn't even thought about that. Uh, no. I, oh, dude, you're just giving me a whole existential crisis. This is quite a Back to the Future thing, actually, funnily enough, about changing like history and future and different timelines and stuff. So you've really struck onto something there, as ever, by complete chance. Woohoo! Quality. Well, it's not today's problem, is it? No, it's not today's problem. Should we talk about today's film then and what, what you think this film is going to be about? Please, let's. It's about a man whose dad was a pilot in the past, but he's been a very troubled youth, just quite naughty and delinquent. Somehow he gets recruited to go to plane school. He makes friends with a man called Geese. The, the plural of that bothers me. He flies a plane for a living, I guess in the army, and he falls in love with a woman pilot and she dies. I think there's a famous song from this film, but I don't know what it is. In my head, I confuse it with Top Gear. So I imagine Jeremy Clarkson flying the plane and Richard, ha- Richard Hammond as his friend. I guess that's Geese, his friend Geese. I think he lives in a house on the beach as the only part of the movie I think I've seen is him either having sex or having a fight with a woman in a beach house. I do have a thought that maybe it's not the army and he's part of an aerobatic display team like the Red Arrows. I'm really not sure. One other thing, I always imagine he works part-time in a cocktail bar. I have no idea why. And possibly my favourite ending to a preview of a film. I have zero interest in this movie. Oh, Christ, I don't even know where to start. I mean, already, this is why I'm doing this, because I want to get your descriptions like this of films. The first thing I've got an issue with is he's friends with a man called Geese. Why would he not? Why would he be called the plural of something? I don't know. I don't, I, I, something in my head tells me that I've heard people talking about this film, um, yeah. which is how I know it's about planes. Because to be honest, Top Gun, it sounds like you should be driving a tank, right? So I only know that this to do with planes because I've heard people talking about it. Um, and I'm sure that people have said, to me, I've heard people say, I can't remember his name, although maybe the word Maverick is in my head. So maybe that's something okay. to do with it. Maverick, um, let's make a note of that. So who, who's him? Who Who's the lead in this film? The delinquent youth. But but as you've read that back to me, I've got a really terrible thought that I'm probably confusing it with, you know, um, shit, what's the um, um, the star, star Trek? So in <laughs> Star Trek. No, I mean, because I'm not expecting you to say Star Trek. I'm not 100% sure you mean Star Trek. Yeah, no, I do. Star okay, Trek, all right. Um, uh, Star Trek, the movie, uh, one of the newer movies, where they, uh, he's, I think this is his story. I think I'm getting confused. His dad flew for the the Star Federation. It's, and it's, often, it's often about dads. Okay. Like, so maybe that's not, like a no. lot of. That might not be this film, so I'm sorry if that's the case. But I, there's something there in my mind. So he something about his dad, something about his dad, and he was like quite off the rails, off the track, right? So and like, and what sort of when we say um, he was, you know, like a general delinquent, uh, yeah. j- just quite naughty. What, yeah. what sort of naughty things are you like thinking? Dangerous. Like you know, a bit of breaking an entry, maybe a little Shoplifting. bit of bodily harm, like nothing that warranted. Like sort of assault. Or maybe, yeah, assault. Let's say assault. He didn't like blast somebody in the face or anything. Like he's just maybe gotten a bit of a brawl outside of a pub and, um, like he's perhaps he dabbled in you know, let's say some, uh, cannabis use. That kind of stuff. Okay. I mean, he wasn't like so, mainlining heroin or anything, but he's... So, he, so he's a casual weed smoker. Yes. He's been done for assault and shoplifting. Yeah, minor and, assault. And he wasn't prosecuted for the assault. Minor assault. It was more right. of, a, sort of a, a graze, let's say. And, and maybe there was a brawl outside a pub. Yeah. Because he's got dad issues. Just because I think 
probably he just went a bit rogue in life. That's where we're coming from with that. Right. He's like, you know, he went a bit wayward in his youth. That's that, that's okay. kind of and, and now he's and then probably there's some sort of bloke who's like in his late seventies, just about to retire. Who's like meets him in a bar. This guy comes in to the bar and he finds him. This guy, uh, wayward team, drinking beers, like crying into an ashtray, whatever. And, and do you know what his name is? No, wayward team. Do you know who the actor is? I do, but only because I've got the DVD here. And I, although I'm not allowed to look at them as per the rules, um, yeah. I did actually catch a glimpse of the front cover, which okay. again, may I say, does not really make me want to watch the movie. Um, and I recognise him. you thought he looked a bit moody on the cover? He looks like he's got some serious issues. Um, yeah, definitely. So the cover is literally just the words Top Gun and there's a photo in the middle of a man and a woman. Correct. And from that photo of him looking a bit surly, you're like, he's he's clearly got issues. He looks like a dick, to be honest. And she looks like she's not really into him. She's just there because... But she's like hugging him, isn't she? Look at her actual face, though. Yeah. It's not the face of a woman who's like, wow, this is the man for me. This is the face of a woman who's going, I'm here because he flies planes in an aerobatic display team and that pays good money and probably he's quite good in bed if he's not beaten her. I mean, I... Okay. She's with him because he's a pilot in the Red Arrows. She's also a pilot, though. She's also a pilot. Now, do you think that... It's one of those two, like, because I, I I don't know much about the Red Arrows. I assume the one at the front mm. is, like, the coolest guy, right? He's the leader. Daddy Arrow, yeah. Daddy Arrow, okay. So do you think that he is Daddy Arrow? He's Daddy Arrow. Like, um, he, he's already Daddy Arrow. Yeah, but he's probably gun, she right? dies, right? I'm pretty sure she dies. So I'm okay. pretty sure Spoiler. Right. maybe he takes her out. And that could be, that could be the plot of the Shit. film. So in the formation wow. flying, because I wasn't sure, honestly, I'm not sure if it is, from, I'm not sure if they are an aerobatic team or if it is more of a fighty army, whatever the, well, they're not army, are they? Air force, if it's if it's that. So when you look at this picture, I, I, I actually pulled away from the aerobatic display team because. We've changed our mind. So he's no longer, so we're not, they're not in the red arrows anymore. I don't think they are. I, th- I think he is an Air Force pilot. But that causes me concern because there's no way that she could have been an Air Force pilot because they wouldn't have let women fly planes in, like, 1980. Okay. Not in the Air Force. Like, fuck off, would they? I mean, come on. Barely let them do it now. So, so you know what? She's trying to kill him and take his place. No, I don't. That... I don't no, I'm not sure. Maybe she's the waitress in the cocktail bar. There's definitely, like, there's a strong cocktail bar vibe that I've got here. Before, I don't like know. two minutes ago, she was a pilot that he kills to take her space. And now, now you've relegated her down to a In cocktail bar. In my mind, I believed that she was a fellow pilot and she dies okay. in a flying accident. Again, right. because of something someone's probably said at some point, because I don't have any strong, like, I, I don't have a memory of someone telling me the plot of Top Gun, to be honest. You've, you've really done like a bit of scene setting so mm. far. Like okay. he's, he's a delinquent. He's got some minor assault charges. Yeah. But an old man approaches him in a bar and says, the would you like of, to fly a plane? The head of the Air Force or the head of the aerobatic display team, whatever he okay. is. And he knew his <laughs> the head of the Air Force. He knew sees him in a bar, says, yeah. hello, young man, would you, would you like to... Go no, no. in the back of my plane. It's all about the father. So it's like, I knew your father. Like, right, maybe his yeah. father just died. I don't know. And then th- that's why. Maybe they saw him at the funeral and then the guy's gone and approached him in a bar. And then he says, you know, you could really, I bet you've got the genes for flying. And he's like, oh, you know, I've got the genes for drinking. And the man's like, come on, give yourself a chance. Like, films are formulaic, right? So normally what happens yeah. is there's a person who has a problem. They try and overcome the problem. They can't. There's some other people that come on board to help them resolve the issue. And they fail, but eventually it all turns good. I mean, you well, can apply that pr- pretty much to every film that's ever been written. There are variations on the problem and there yeah, are variations yeah. on the people, but ultimately it's like situation, issue, 
How do we get past this issue? Issue. How do we get past this issue? Happiness ending. I mean, (laughs) that's the plot. So, okay, this guy somehow has to be a pilot, right? If that's what we're saying. He somehow, something bad has to happen. I'm going to say his wife's died. Wife, girlfriend, I don't think they're married. So his dad dies at the beginning of the film. Possibly. I mean, that's arbitrary. No one cares about the dad. Dad's not important. Dad's not in the movie. He cares about that. Isn't that his whole drive because he wants to be like his dad? It is, but we don't. We don't care. We're not invested. Like I'm not sad. His dad's dead. Like sorry. Is is his dad already dead before the film starts? Pretty much, yeah. Because the pretty much in in my mind, he's dead. Because if (laughs) the man's seen him, they've seen him at a funeral. Maybe the okay. I'm going to say the film starts with you're funeral. pitching me a film. You're like, you know, it's like it opens up, sunset. Funeral. Yeah, a funeral. You probably wouldn't have a funeral at sunset. But yeah, he would. He'd have a funeral and he'd have that flag on his coffin because he's American. With the military. He'd do their full the... military funeral. That's the beginning of the movie. There you go. There's your opener. And if There's this my... doesn't open like that, there is another yeah. film that does. I swear to God. So when you said before about, like, there's certain, like, formulaic things, I think there's something like eight types of plot like every film could be put into one of these eight and you're right this is like this very standard thing of he finds something that he's really talented at he works his way up and then along the way he kind of forgets like who his friends are and there's some setbacks and then there's some sort of tragedy and ultimately you remember okay so this probably goes into one of them the thing is i'm just going to list films now you've not seen it's like boxing ones there was, uh, as a singing one, a terrible film with Mark Wahlberg, where he's like a singer and he works his way up. There's one, there's an amazing film, I can't believe I've never told you about it, called Bossin' Up with Snoop Dogg, whereas what he does is he gets into the pimping industry and sure. he works his way up as a pimp. Then along the way, he forgets who his friends are and there's some tragedy. And then ultimately... He remembers and comes out on top of the pimping world, bossing up. Wow. It follows the same formula as a lot of this stuff that you're saying of someone working their way up. And yeah, they do it for everything. But yeah, I didn't think that as part of our, what do you think happens in this film? You would pitch me the opening scene of a film that you've not seen. You're like, this is how it should start. I'm just saying that's a possible start to it. I mean, all I know about this film, with all certainty, is at some point they're in a beach house or a house that looks like it belongs on the beach. It might not even be on the beach, but it had beach vibes in my memory. And I walked into a room, like, I'm going to say 23 years ago, and it was on the telly. And I can't remember if they were having a fight or if they were having sex. There was just a man and woman having some sort of interaction. And at the time, I was not engaged. It sounds like a flashback and that you walked in on your parents and that. They were having sex and like your your baby said, no, 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 we were just having a play fight. <laughs> oh, no. And you're confusing that remember. with Top Gun. I just can't remember. I'm sure when we watch this movie, I bet you there's a billowy, billowy like curtain scene. It's that kind of shit. It's hot. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah? This is the, what I remember. And it's like, but I can't remember if it was like they were having like sexy time or they were having a fight. I can't okay. remember. So, so possibly he's got over his issue, his anger issues but then he beats up this woman and that's how she dies? He murders her then? No, 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 there wasn't. No, I don't remember it being murdery. I just think it was right. more like they were arguing. Maybe they were going to break up. Maybe there was like a pressure point in the relationship where yeah. he was like, she was like, you're flying too much. And he was like, but I love you guys. <laughs> he was like, like, I'm a pilot. It is really difficult. I want to be it is awkward to back to get that I fly too much as a pilot. You spend all your time with geese and I just want to be with you. And he's like, yeah, but you know. Is there anything going on between him and geese? No, I think they're just they're just buddies. They're not like just buddies. Yeah, just buds. Just best buds. Best best buds. Okay. I mean, if they're in the aerobatic thing, if that is true, you've got to trust those fuckers. Because when I see them go overhead and they do all that kind of stuff, I'm always yeah. thinking, shit the bed. Like, that's not about your ability to do something. Like, I like things where my ability to do things controls the situation, right? If you get a dodgy guy on the right wing of that and you're gonna go, everybody in formation to the left and he goes, meh, fuck it, goes to the right, takes you all out and you die. You you are at risk, right? How do I you mean, practice that shit? Like whenever I see it, that's what I think. Formation flying, how do you, you think how do they practice? Well think of it like this, okay? I am you know they normally find a V at some point. 
So you've got daddy, you've got daddy, daddy. I think man. you're thinking of actual geese now. No, the red arrows. They like flying yeah, in the okay. pattern. So if you're like the, if you're like the, let's say there's five of them. There's a top guy at the front of the V, then there's two behind, like coming down like this, and then there's two behind. So they're making a triangle without a back. Okay. If you're the back left V, yeah. when you practice flying, you have to practice flying into the back left V. But then when you do it for sure. real, there's a guy in front of you and a guy in front of him. And suddenly it's like, oh, actually, if I get this a little bit wrong, we all die. But hold on. So do you think that when the red arrows practice, they do it individually and then and then on the day they all come together? The first time they do it, you'd hope they do it individually. You'd hope before you get out in a V formation, you've worked out how to fly that pattern. Yeah, but exactly. But you're going to do it. You've got to practice with the others, right? Not because the first time, dude. Not the first time. The first... Well, yeah, because otherwise, where, where would you be? Like, you don't. Yeah, so if you're the one at the front or the back, you need to know exactly where you are in relation to. If you had to do a formation, flight, well, we have to probably ask the Red Arrows this because I mean I don't know the answer, but the first time they're like, oh, we're going to do this really complicated thing where we go out, we fly straight, then we rotate to the right, upside down, rotate to the left, upside down, fly up, do a backward circle, and then fly straight. They're not going to go, okay, everyone, in your planes, let's give it a whirl. The first time you do that, it's not going to be with other people, surely. You're going to fly that fucking route by yourself. (laughs) Do you think when you start, you start at the back and you work your way forward? Damn right. I mean, you get promoted to be, like, the head man, no? Because he's leading the show. Like, if Yeah, but it's not like the guy at the back, like, in charge, like, giving the instructions. Okay, I'll give you... He can see see everything ahead of him. I'll give you... uh, I'll give you... I'll give you something here, right? When you go to the orchestra, when you go and see a live music like at the orchestra, I really love classical music. Love it. Like, really love it. Ellie can't fucking stand it at all. She's got no interest in it. But okay. when we go and watch music live, she's really happy because what she does is she creates a story for everything that's happening in the orchestra. So okay. she'll decide that, like, this person, like the bassoonist, is having an affair with the guy on the symbols or whatever. And, in the, and then at the end of this, does she pretend that this is a film that was made 30 years ago? No, but okay. she tells me the story. My point is, this is similar. Not that, That's not similar. That's just a little bit of anecdotal ha-ha for you. What is similar is, in orchestras, you have the first violinist. Yeah. And if you... When they get up on stage and they're just about to play and at the end of whatever, the first violinist is the guy who stands up and he gets the bow. Mm-hmm. Like, he gets all the fucking credit. Like the rest of them play their fucking socks off, but the first violinist, he gets to stand up and he gets to take a bow. How do you think the second violinist feels? Like like shit, right? Because week in, week out. No, he's, he's in the orchestra. He knows, he knows what he's doing. He knows where he's important. He knows, but no one fucking sees him bow. And you know what? No one ever goes, fuck me, that's second violinist. Chef's kiss to him. Yeah, but like when fucking Steps, you know, did a gig or whatever and no one's going, hang on a second, you, you, for fellas, you, why are you why are you coming to the front of the stage and bowing? We were just here for those two girls, not even the third girl, the brunette, she didn't really do that much. We were just here for those two girls and maybe H from Steps, to give him his full name, H from Steps. The other guy, no one like complains going, you really don't deserve about just them they all get about when you go to the theater the whole they all come to the front of the stage and get about but just some of them get a bigger cheer than others who do musicians no if you go to like see a play or a musical yeah but you know it's the same you always get the lead characters that come out together front and center and all like bow 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 everyone else comes out after that's all fine right everyone gets their applause but the first violinist in an orchestra you you never ever get to be that unless you're a violinist. That's the first thing. If you're a, a flute player or a bassoonist or a saxopho- saxophonist or the man who does the cymbals or does the whatever, you get no fucking no fucking kudos. The second violinist in an orchestra, I swear to God, is the person who has the most motivation to commit murder in the world because that job, first violinist, <laughs> that is like what you want. If you're an orchestra person, that's your fucking dream. Red Arrows is the same. If you're the third man in a V, your dream is to be the first man in a V. So hold on. So if someone if someone in an orchestra dies, 
you're immediately going to the second violinist. No, no, no. If the first violinist dies, if someone because, else dies, I'm... because no one has more reason to commit murder than the second violent violinist. Right. What about number three? Number three. Because he's going, I'm never going to get to the front. Well, yeah, but why kill number? Why kill number one then? Kill number two. Then you're then you're number two, only one away. But if you kill number one, you're still one away because you just become the second violinist. The second violinist gets promoted to first violinist. So is this not the same for the cellist or the bassoonist? Anything. They get nothing. I mean, you might be the first bassoonist, but you don't get to stand up and take a bow. It's only the first violinist. It's fucked up, man. Orchestras are fucked up places to be. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, and this is the same with the red arrows then, that you're, you're the front or nothing. I think, well, I mean, you're not nothing. I mean, I, I, I take my hats off to all the men and women who fly the, in the planes because, to be fair, formation flying, it's a beautiful thing. Do they have wing mirrors? Because if you're, you if you're at so. the front, yeah, you're entirely reliant that everyone behind you is in the right place, right? If, I mean, yeah. basically everyone other than the back row. Yeah. Everyone who's in front, so let's say there's three rows, right? Yeah. You're at the back. You've you've got a nice clear vision. You can see everyone, which is why you're probably the lead arrow, you're the right? Big at the back, yeah. Because the lead, the one at the front, again, you just fly straight, and we'll 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 do the hard work, right? But they don't. So they don't even really need to know where the others are. They're just happily flying, flying along, right? All the others. If you're in like the second row, you've got like a whole blind spot of a, and you've got and two planes are in your blind spot. I think that I think the first place plane, he's leading the show. Like he's setting the pace. He if he fucks it up here, if he like deviates from the route, if he makes a miss moon maneuver, the whole thing's going to come down like a house of cards. Like, and we haven't even covered the fact that he works part time in the cocktail bar. So his girlfriend is annoyed with him because he flies too much. Girlfriend works in the cocktail bar. Sorry, she works in the cocktail bar. Well, I said to Ellie this, but I read her my description that I sent to you. Um, and I said, we've got to watch Top Gun tonight. And she said, okay, well, that's easy. So I don't know what that means. Um, that doesn't sound like a very, like, she wasn't like, oh, brilliant, Top Gun. So I'm not, it didn't fill me with joy. Um, right. But when I read her the description, she looked at me in a really weird way. And I was like, what's weird? And she was like, he worked in a cocktail bar. And I was like, it occurred to me that maybe that, I'm thinking of another film called Cocktail. So is there anything else in your in your statement that you'd like to revise? So just to no, cover off a few bits. I don't want to revise it because I'm not sure if it's... I, I still feel like this is the same film. Like There is someone who works in a bar. But then yeah. also I'm remembering him being in a bar when he gets approached for flight school, which I think may be from Star Trek. And right. I think there is a film called Cocktail, and maybe it's the same guy. Have you seen? Do you know about a film called Cocktail? I'm making that up. There is a film called Cocktail. Is it this guy? What? What? The same actor? Yes. Tom Cruise. Yeah, he's famous. We can use his name. People know who Tom Cruise is. Okay, Tom Cruise. Which is weird, right? Because is he the guy who did um, the Mission Impossible film? Yeah. Okay. Why? Fine. Why is that weird? Because he doesn't look like that on this on this picture of him with the well, because that was thirty years ago. Well, yeah, but people normally look like themselves. Like he looks older now, is what what you're thinking. Well, and and less sullen. I mean, well, how? Well, yeah, well, that some he's quite famous for smiling. That's Tom Cruise's thing, is that he smiles. Well, I don't know anything about Tom Cruise apart from the fact that he married the pretty girl from, um, oh shit, the thing where they live on a river, and. He was a bit of a dick to her, and I think he's in some. Yeah, no, he is. He's in the Scientologist cult. Okay, so so to <laughs> summarise that. But, um, so okay, let's let's just cover off the key points. The film Top Gun mm-hmm. stars Tom Cruise, who's a Scientologist, and married a girl who lives near a river. No, no, she was in a TV show. Um, fuck, it's really famous. Um, yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> Called Dawson's Creek. That's it. Yes, yes, yes. Try yeah. actually start watching it again. I like. I prefer your explanation of they live near a river, and it's like it's a creek. It's in the title. Sorry, sorry it's a creek. Couldn't remember the name. Um, okay, so he he has so he has father issue. His dad's dead. Mm-hmm. He has rebelled a bit. Mm-hmm. He's in a, 
bar, so maybe time has passed, I don't know. He gets approached by an old man who says, I knew your dad, come and get in my plane. No, 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 flight training school. Like, he doesn't just give flight training school. He says, I'll give you a chance, basically. Like, this is yeah, the hand because, of help. Because I like, I like your genes. Come to flight training school. Yeah. He comes to flight training school. There's a woman in the cocktail bar. They get together. Maybe she dies. Maybe she doesn't. No, she he's dies. Got a, There's definitely she definitely death. dies. Yeah. Okay. And he's got a friend called Geese. Yeah. And uh, and what's the message of the film? Yeah, well, that's where I've got problems. So I don't know whether it's like, it's okay if you crap out in your teens, you can become the top gun. Like, maybe right. that's the message. Or maybe it's about him, like, processing his girlfriend's death and finally coming to terms with his own mortality. I don't know. Why, why is it called Top Gun? Because he's the first. He makes it to... He's so, at the front of the red, yeah, red arrows. If, if, and it's about era, if it's about era, what's it, that? If it's a war film, like he's in the Air Force, then he's the best they have. And what we're right. essentially saying is this guy... He was he was a schmuck, for want of a better word. He's done nothing good in his life. He's just beating up people. He's been a bit of a... You told me these were minor assaults. He didn't even get charged. Yeah, but he's done nothing good also. He's, like, achieved nothing. He's got nothing. He's just living his life beer to beer, and he's not really achieved much. But he's come into it, and he becomes the best of the best. Like, he's the one. If you need to do a display for the queen, <laughs> you send him. Or yeah. if you need to take out the enemy, you send him. Whatever the premise of the film is. It's just the thing I'm going, right, it's the Queen's Jubilee. We need the top guy. Get get Tom Cruise and his mate Geese in. They're only in one plane. You can't do a display with one plane. They don't you share need... a plane. They don't share a plane. They've got a plane each. Yeah. Why do okay. they share a plane? Because sometimes they share planes. Oh, do they? You know, a co-pilot, a navigator. That sort to be of thing. fair, again on the box, they look like pretty fucking fiery planes. So I would say the background of the box is like it looks like a fighter jet. In which case, again, you kind of be. Can I read you the back of the DVD box, and we'll see what what we're. Yeah, I mean, you're not supposed to read it because oh. I can see you reading it now. Sorry, I won't read it. I won't read it. I was actually in the bit which says... Did you forget the, the camera was All on? it says is a hip, heart-pounding combination of action, music, and incredible aerial photography helped make Top Gun the blockbuster hit of 1986. So does that just back up your views then? Yeah, totally. Yeah, like, absolutely. Maybe they've got colour as well. You know when they come, sometimes the planes can like basically yeah. like fart out the colour. So they'd be like... Well, look at the logo. The logo's got like a little stream behind it on the Top Gun thing, hasn't it? Yeah, it has, yeah. So that's Pretty doesn't much that look like the red arrows? Yeah, it does. Feels very red yeah, arrow. I mean, I mean, I I don't really see what more we can cover off with this. You've you've pretty much nailed the entire film, including script. Well, let's watch it this evening, and then perhaps we can just get back together and have a have, have a, a have a debrief, and then work out just uh, where where they went wrong, where you would have done things better. I'll make some notes as I go through, if you like. Cool. On the other side. Stay with us. Did you just see that just over my shoulder? What's this back here? Oh, what is that back there? It's This is the Top Gun soundtrack on vinyl. Oh my God, you own the Top Gun soundtrack on vinyl? Yeah, because it's, because it's in like every charity shop and it's one of those ones you have to... Like, you go, oh, there's going to be a point where I'm going to want to put on Danger Zone. Well, to be fair, I've got to say there's some songs in this in this film. Um, it's about all it's got going for it, so I'm glad that you led with this. Um, <laughs> Whoa, you're going in straight away hard. Going in deep, yeah. So you messaged me last night mm. and said, I've got some thoughts. Yeah. Um, but... You seem to think that you were pretty bang on with your description. Oh, hell yes. Come on. I pretty I mean, much crushed the shit out of it. I okay. mean, there were a few nuances. I'll give you that. But ultimately, I mean, I'd say, on a, I'm going to score myself a seven and a half out of ten for this. Okay, because let me tell you why. 
He had some daddy issues. Tick. Sure. Yeah. He had a friend called Goose, which is as close to geese as as damn it. They yeah. are like best friends. Yeah, and nothing homosexual with them because that was an option. They, I, well, I said we'll, to you, let's come back to the homosexual thing. Okay. Yeah, we will because that volleyball game was fucking. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, he had a girlfriend, very, very pivotal part of the film. She didn't die and she wasn't a pilot, but she was a fucking pilot engineer woman. And well, hold on. You said one, she was a pilot and that yeah. he tried, he took her place. She was a cocktail waitress. Yeah. But I, I don't know if you're confusing that with the film cocktail or just that at one point they were in a bar. I think it was just that they were in a bar, yeah. I think, because remember I described that fucking beach house with the blowy curtains, like, fuck me, was I with that? And they had the dirtiest sex ever. Dirty on the base that he literally stuck his tongue in her mouth. Like, it was gross. I'm sorry. She was licking his chin, and it's like... It was just wrong. Like, the way he... He inserted his tongue into her <laughs> mouth and then took it out again. It wasn't a kiss. It was like tongue penetration of the mouth. I felt uncomfortable. I made some notes. So she didn't die, but his best friend did. So there was definitely like death of a very important character, which I think, I come on, give me that. I don't know if you can take, a, I don't know if you can take anything and the like, best bit of all, I said to you, he's either in the army, and you were like, well, it's not going to be the army, is it? Because it's in the air. It's a fucking navy, which, let's be honest, no one else saw that coming. And he is basically an aerobatical pilot. Like, his no. whole fucking career in Top Gun is about being able to dance in a plane let's be honest it's not about like just killing people you've got to be able to like maneuver and turn and twist that is as 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 aerobatical as it gets wow so for for you it wasn't about him shooting down other planes but he was learning how to be uh being a display team no i mean no but i mean a lot of his job if you put his job down to like okay put it this way one percent shooting down other planes, 99% flying around like he's in an aerobatical display team. I mean, yeah, occasionally he shot shit, but most of the time he was just like, oh, let's just pivot around. Let's just go upside down. I think you might have misunderstood. In fact, I mean, we we speak enough about films that I know you do. Like, the whole thing, that's why he's called Maverick, because he doesn't play by the rules. What was your general view of the film? Let's start with that. Add utter bollocks. It's got no, absolutely no storyline at all. There's no plot. There's no real plot development. That woman, I mean, she does get less annoying, but that's about all that happens with her. The only person in the whole film that I liked, two people actually, Meg Ryan, yeah, and Goose. And he died. So ultimately, I was not happy. Okay, so what, what didn't you like about Maverick as a character? Um... I feel bad for him because clearly all of this could have been avoided if people had just told him the truth about his dad. So at the beginning, it's like he's obviously got some issues. He's flying out of the out of his socks because he's like, well, my dad was a hero, but no one knows what happened to him. Maybe he was risky. I don't know. I'd better be risky. But actually, all he needed that guy to say at the beginning was, oh, you know, this is classified, but your dad actually died. Uh, sorry. But he did it like backing up his wingman or being a good wingman, and then he would have been like, oh, my dad was a hero, great, moving on with my life, I don't have to be a dick. But he wasn't, right? So if, you, if, you, if he'd been told that, what do you think would have happened to him? Would, would he still have been a pilot? Yeah, but I think he would have been a pilot that didn't put other people at risk unnecessarily. Like, he's not a good man. Like, that poor Goose guy, like, I, I said this to Ellie as well, because I'm not really sure. Like, what does Goose do? Does he just, like, look out and go, oh, look, there's a plane over there. Like, what's his... You know what? I thought about that, because at one point... Because I thought that's that's their job, is to... he. I can't remember what it's called, but he's like, something to do with radar, right? But at one point, he's like, shit, there's one on our tail. It's like, that's your fucking job! Yeah. Your job is to check whether there's... What else a... is his job? He's looking like... forward. He's flying. Your job is to keep the plane out. The other guy, Maverick guy, was controlling the guns, right? Or Ice Pick, yeah. or whatever his name was. He was controlling the guns. Like, Ice they Pick, yeah, didn't yeah. get their little back 
Batman to do any of that shit. So I think the Batman's literally like, oh, yeah, I'm a really good pilot. You're not a pilot. You've never thrown a fucking plane he's, in your life. You just no, sit in his chair going, what? Yeah, he's like navigation and radar and shit. So what I, what I would say is the beginning of the film, to be honest, like was pretty impressive when they have that whole thing where it's like they are the elite of the elite and they're like introducing Top Gun. I was like, okay, maybe this will be interesting. That quickly subsided and I did lose interest quickly. But at the beginning, I was excited. Then the credits started going up, you know, the opening credits. And it was like... literally going through this like from every minute of the film because it's it's like over an hour and a half. I've only got like 10 points, but the credits are important because it told me that Val Kilmer was in it, who I thought was Batman. And Meg Ryan was in it. And then I was like, how have I not seen this film? Because I fucking love Meg Ryan. Then you have that moment where they play the Danger Zone song quite at the beginning. And I was like, wow, okay, I'm in it for this. This is cool. Um, And then I've just written, goose, exclamation mark. They share a plane. Because I didn't know they shared a plane. Um... There was a few bits. I mean, then they did that song in the bar and I was like, for fuck's sake, there's no way in life. If you grab a mic and you start singing karaoke, somebody will hit you and they will take the mic away and they will kick you out of the bar. Not, it doesn't happen that the whole bar join in. No, there was a guy, there was there was a guy in a, in a bar in Watford years ago and every Saturday night at the end of it, he would fucking grab a microphone and sing Angels on his own. And no one joined in. And he did it every fucking week, I assume, because he thought that girls would go, oh, look, look, he's so, he's brave and sensitive because he's singing a Robbie Williams song on his own with no backing. Every fucking week he sang that. No one ever did shit. And certainly we never joined him. But I I wrote that down as a thing to talk about because there's so many, like, iconic scenes and quotes. That's one of them. Like, you've lost that loving feeling. That scene, it, like... What did that do for you? It made me angry for two reasons. One, all these people randomly joined in, which never happens, because if it did, we'd all be living in a musical, which is my dream. And two, ten minutes before that scene, not even ten minutes, one minute before that scene, the guy says to them, you will fly tactical missions every day, at least two, and you will train and have seven classes between those times. What the fuck are they doing in a bar shotting what I can only understand to be vodka and drinking beers if they've got to fly the next day. Like these guys she should be as well. She's not flying a fucking plane. I mean, these they're necking shots. They're like shot. Why I mean, are they just drinking? I mean, it is look, it's their first day as well. It, it's it's naive of them to go to the point where I've obviously seen it quite a few times. I was like, oh, maybe there's scenes which I'm thinking of that must be now rather than later because they've just got there and they're going, you know, they're like going straight to the bar and they fuck around on the first day. He does the flyby and you're like, dude, your first day. Mm. Like, like, don't. So when she says, when they're having that, when she walks into the classroom bit and she's like, so you're the one. Mm. And I think in the past I'd thought of it as, Oh, you're the one I'm going to have to uh, keep my eye on, you cheeky little, cheeky little monkey. Now I was like, oh, you're the one that's there's always there's a dick in every class, and like it's a dick in every company. You're the dick, aren't you? You're the one who's going to really piss me off. I think it's weird that she's like obsessed with the fact that he went upside down, took a photograph of a Mig, like because the plane isn't supposed to do that, and the fact that it does do that thing that was just like, well, clearly it does do it because they've done it. So I'm not interested in your fucking it doesn't do it bullshit. That bothers me. The the storyline is all a little bit sort of the storyline bit is a little bit tenuous. It's like, oh, this could really help me get a job, and it's like, okay, do you want to tell us about how this is going to help you get? You have to do a presentation, like, and you're going to say, I spoke to this guy and he told me you flew a plane upside down. Like, there's a lot of stuff that just doesn't make sense and also like why you're like they're like oh dear oh dear like in the whole world our number one pilot's just like lost his nerve and quit so now you're the best so you're going to top gun it's like really like is there not somebody else in perhaps another little group of people who might be better and less they had to send someone from their whatever it was squadron would you send someone 
He was so much of a prick because he's so much of a prick. But that's the trait he gave him was, I can't believe I'm going to have to do this because you're so much of a prick. But he still sent him. I would have just sent the next one and and pretended he didn't exist. Like, I had that in my gift as the manager, right? I'm like, he's good. Well, I mean, let's be honest. The when when Goose dies, like I and I was like I was shook because in my head, I'm still unclear of what killed him. I think it was hitting the. It was hitting the yeah. The little capsule didn't come off, did it? I was really upset. Like when he was cradling him in the water. I mean, I was crying hysterical. That was the second time I cried. I cried earlier on about something right at the beginning when that poor guy was like losing it. I was like, oh fucking hell, he's, he's bottling it. Oh, what is in like right at the beginning? And... Right at the beginning, I was like, oh my god. But at that point. Were you not like, and he's helping, Maverick is helping him get back. You're like, he is a good guy. A little bit, but at the same time, he'd already fucked off, hadn't he? So it was kind of like, you know what, a little bit too, a little bit too, little too late. Like if he'd have just done his job in the first... 10 minutes into the film, you're like, too little too late, mate. A little bit, yeah. So I was already a bit upset about that. But then when Goose died, fuck me, I was so sad. And then I was like, oh, my God, when you when he was going to go and give that box of shit to Meg Ryan, I was like, fuck, you know, she's yeah. going to say to him, you're a dick. And then it, she was so gracious and, like, amazing. And I was just like, that was amazing. I was like, fuck me. If if my wife was a the back person and some pilot who was a prick was such a pricky pilot that he put my wife at risk. And when my wife then died i wouldn't be like oh yeah he loved it i'd be like you so i had a little bit about them like their relationship in that bar is like relationship goals for me when he's like playing the piano and his kids like sat there and they're like having beers and she's like take me to bed and all that shit i'm like they are cool they're like they obviously love each other they're like they tell each other everything they're like really that that was a good part of the film for me i was like oh they're really cute love it so that which is like a, a very much like a c plot at best well, it made the that. loss of Goose even more powerful. I think she had, like, three scenes. She was um, amazing, then. She was amazing, as she always is. Meg Ryan fucking stole it. She stole it. My general takeaway from this film that are twofold, okay? Right, fold one. Fold one is after that Goose died and he held him in his arms in the sea, his bloody head, and... You know, they came to rescue him and they were like, you have to let him go, you have to let him go. And then he stood in the bathroom in his fucking pants, just stood there, eyes bloodshot to fuck, and everyone's like, get back up in the air. And then they're like, oh, he's just not with it. Oh, he's just not okay. Oh, he's not engaging. How about you get him some fucking therapy? He's just lost his best friend. But no, they're like, get him up in the air, get him up in the air, get him up in the air. This to me is such a fucking oversight, and I I was angry, I was furious because I'm like, I know it's the 80s, okay, and I know that mental health wasn't really like on the or the forefront of what people were doing, but you're the fucking elite of the elite of the elite. Like, surely people have these issues. We've already seen one guy quit because he had the jitters and just fucking couldn't take it anymore. Get some fucking psychiatrists on that staff maybe a psychologist and spend a bit of time with these guys helping them work through some of this stuff and you might actually stand a chance of maintaining a, a career longevity so that was fold one okay. i actually wrote that um he gets a motivational chat from some guy in the toilet and a motivational chat from a lady in a bar for fuck's sake he cradled his dead buddy everyone is like get him in the air get out there no one helps him it's a fucking joke and if someone had just told him the truth about his dad None of this shit would have happened. That's the fold two. Honestly, it's always fold two sounds the same fold as fold one. It's not you the same just, fold. Just double folded. Different fold because the whole film is kind of based on the premise that his dad was this hero, but no one knew what happened because it was classified information, and he went into it knowing that his dad was this like revered person but he didn't know what happened he didn't know if he made a mistake didn't know anything so his whole character growing up because we know this happened when he was young is basically evolved around the fact that his dad may or may not have been a dick so when he goes to fly a plane he wants to be as good as his dad he's competing with his dead dad but he never knew if his dad was good or not so he was like taking risks and trying to be the best and trying to impress everybody and 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 also having that kind of like devil may care i don't even care if i die attitude because he just hadn't dealt with pardon his name is maverick yes but his name so, is like, maverick. he's not gonna play by the rules he doesn't he's play by maverick anyone's rules. because they fucking 
classified his the surat the the situation around his father's death. If they'd have just said, "Right, mate, I know you're only six, and I'm really sorry to tell you this, but your dad has died, but he did it heroically, serving his country and protecting." He could have gone. He could have landed safely, but he came back to help his fellow compad, compadres. I don't know what they're called. Fellow fly people, work colleagues, not die. Work colleagues. Yeah, he he came back to help his work fellow work colleagues not die. And we're really sorry that he's dead, but he died in a heroic manner. His whole life would have been different, and that would have obviously meant a different film or no film at all. But. My point is, perhaps that would have been beneficial for us. Just one more thing, and then I'm done with right. the film. My last thought was, in the end, he's got his tags. You know, he's been like, when he was in the plane, he was like, talk to me, Goose, tell me what to do, tell me what to do, and he's all like, bugging out. Obviously, yeah. you do the right thing, you go and support the Iceman, because you've been told, like, all the way through the film, just do your fucking job, which is be a wingman, don't be a fucking maverick. But he needs his dead friend to tell him that again, again. At the end, he takes those same dog tags and he throws them into the ocean. And yeah, I thought that was a bit of a dick move. It's like he could have given those to his wife. And it was literally like, I'm over it now. Like, I've moved on. Here you go. Don't need you anymore. Boom. He's like, it's been a week. I've worked through it. Yeah. I'm good. I had one fucking, one fucking incident with some MIGs and everything's fucking great again. Again, not how it works. We haven't even covered off the volleyball or the sex. There's whole theories about the whole homosexual thing, and uh, there's some Tarantino film where he goes off on one. But basically, the whole the whole premise his his premise is that the film is about Maverick wants to be gay, and he's kind of being led back. Charlie Kenny McGillis sort of like represents what he should be, and and being straight. And you know, the whole thing of stop being a Maverick, stop trying to be homosexual essentially just do what everyone else is doing God, and that the only that. time and that he is goes on that first date at her house and he's got the opportunity to stay and he just gets up and goes because he's not comfortable with it but then when he sees her in a lift later and she's wearing the baseball cap so she looks less feminine that's when he likes her oh my the God. Only, but the only problem with that theory is that that scene and the sex scene got added after and the reason she's wearing a cap is that she dyed her hair for some other film that she had to do. So they had to put her into a baseball cap. But they showed the film and apparently they got really well rated with men. And women were like, yeah, but are they together now? Surely we need like a sex scene to show that they're now together. And they added the weird licky sex scene after. I mean, they said the most troubling thing was it was like they really didn't know how to have sex. I'm no expert, as my wife will back up. But that sex scene was freaky. Like, it, as in, like, not in a... As in, like, literally, it was just a bit freaky. It's like, freaky, you, yeah. you really not know what you're doing. Like, have you seen some other films and think this is what you do? It was, like, five seconds of them. So it was, like, he stuck his tongue in her mouth, like, in a very pointed kind of penetration, penetration-y way. And then the next minute, she was, like, basically make an orgasm face. So I was like... I mean, that's pretty realistic. I'm not sure what, what your point is. It bothered me. Like, it bothered me a lot. I do not get the gay vibe. The only thing I thought at the beginning, when they were in that room and they were having training, one of the guys said to the other one, oh, it must be time to almost start flying or something. I'm getting a hard-on. And the other one said, don't tease me or don't... Like something like that, and I was like, okay, maybe maybe he wants him, but Maverick doesn't strike me as gay at all. I just thought it was a bit odd, but then then the volleyball, and I was like, okay, either this place is like very much kind of like everyone's like Lucy Lucy. I think you're right. I I think they did a lot of stuff. They went how men are gonna like. I think they went in their eighties film executive way. Men are going to like flying planes because they're fast and loud, and women will like men who've got just a little towel wrapped around them. I did wonder why they didn't have enough showers because all the time they were all hanging around in these showers, just like waiting. And it's like, one, they should have more shower cubicles because you know how many people you can see by the amount of lockers, yeah, how many people are going to be using this, have more showers available. Also, if you know that there's going to be a queue, maybe you know, go and get a snack first, yeah. And then come back. Yeah. For the 
for the shower. Shower at home. When you said about said before about you know if they I know it's the eighties, so they just got on some therapy. It never dawned on me before. But at the end, when they've got the guy, when he gets his new partner, and it's like this black guy with like the silver sunglasses, and his call sign, his name on his helmet sunshine, was sundown. Oh, sundown. Sundown, and I'm like, yeah, that's pretty racist. Like, it just reminds me. Do you remember? Did you ever watch the Gladiators back, sort of the yeah, early nineties? Yeah, yeah. And all the black people in it, there was like shadow nightshade they were all called stuff like that and yeah, this guy true. called they went well, what are we going to call this one well he's pretty cool so let's call him ice right this one makes little jokes we'll call them jester yeah. and uh what, what about the black guy sundown right what's the other one called midnight like it's do you really think it's racial though or do you think he's oh, I, God, yeah. oh i assumed he it was can't be a coincidence that they happened to have called the black guy sundown i thought maybe he was the one you sent out when the sun was like low in the sky because you know lots of people get like <laughs> that's his speciality yeah like, what time is it so about, about sort of half seven can we go and get uh go and get the sundown because oh, sundown oh yeah yeah good chat some people are not good in that kind of light like they can't. He can't be like honestly. I'm really more of a, more of like a mid morning pilot. Um, afternoons, evenings. Like it's like when my mum driving. My mum doesn't like driving at night on dark roads. Yeah, right. She would have been a terrible pilot. I couldn't but... do that because the light. When even if in the passenger seat, the light in my eyes is so bad that it hurts me. It gives me an instant headache. So. If I ever drive at night, I'm going to have to wear those glasses that you get, which are like actually change the light. I think they're like tinted or something because I swear to God, I'm like, I'm in agony. It's like someone's needling my eyes when the light hits them. It's not like a inconvenience. It's like pain. I just thought sundown speciality was perhaps like when that light's in that annoying bit where normally people like, oh, fuck, trying to flip the visor down and then like readjust themselves in the car seat so that they just block out the light. Yeah. Maybe he just had that kind of, ability to like really see through he, that he's just good when when the when the sun is just coming down yeah that's when you you call him what yeah. about when it's dark does he go back and they bring someone else out no no like he, can, he can do other things it's just that that's his speciality most pilots are like oh fuck it's that really annoying time of day when you've got like the glare of the sun and oh god i don't know how we're gonna handle this we'll be all and right you don't know whether to put your sunglasses on or not and maybe you put your sunglasses on and then it's dark and you and you're like oh, no. you don't need it that's Whereas sundown right? sundown's just like you know what i got this my eyes are just made for this kind of light just... so what 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 other speciality pilots are you gonna need you've got one for sort of post dinner when when else do you do you need a special specialist pilot well, I thought maybe the Iceman got his name because he was good over, like, very bright terrain in a similar way. Like, he – because light is very different on ice, isn't it, as well? Yeah, it's very bright. So, so, yeah, so in, extreme very... bright, in yeah. extremely bright conditions, yeah. um, you call Val Kilmer. And then in extremely dark conditions, you call out Sundown. And all the rest of them are generally all right. So just normal daylight hours. Yeah, all right. Just like day-to-day, whatever you need them, they're just there. I mean, it's natural. You can have people that have specialities. That's how these things work, isn't it? So I didn't get the racial um, racialness. Um, I, I, I find it hard to be with him being... Because it just makes me think of that gladiators thing of shadow and... But there was Saracen. Know, he was a gladiator. He was a black gladiator. Yeah. I mean, what, what's, what is a Saracen? No idea. Generally, don't know what it's. I'm going to have to Google that. They were primarily Arab Muslims. Well, okay, well, high racism on gladiators, but also Turks or other Muslims, as referred to by Christian writers in Europe during the Middle Ages. So maybe he was Arab. Maybe I've got that wrong. You know, when sometimes you worry with Google about like how helpful it is. Uh, what does the name Saracen mean? The Saracen surname is derived from that old French word Sarazin, meaning Saracen. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> so anyway, Gladiators mm. was pretty racist. And calling this guy Sundown, I assumed was racist, but maybe you're right. Maybe it was just um, to signal his speciality, which does make me wonder as well, again, like, do they not, at what point do they get their call names? So Some Maverick, you only point. find out Maverick the Maverick once he's been flying for a while. 
So was he already? What did they give him like another name? Did it did it originally just say Pete on his helmet? Surname probably, I would say. And then after a while, they're like, this guy's a bit of a maverick. You know, that's a cool nickname. Put it on his hat. Iceman, this guy's really good over uh over over Alaska. We yeah. should get we should call him, you know, call him Iceman. Well, that's how it works. Learn your like so you'd start off, you'd be Park, right? And I'd be Baker Taylor. And then over time they'd like get to know us a bit and they'd be like, Oh, okay, this person's this, this person's that and then we get new names, we get new hats. So there must be some who like that it takes them ages to do anything distinctive enough. Yeah, but then they'd all that'd be their name, wouldn't it? They'd be something like um Vanilla. Because you'd be like, oh, all right, come on, Vanilla. Because he's just got nothing about him. He's just a bit vanilla. But but if you get like a nice, like, Madagascan vanilla ice cream. Still vanilla, though, isn't it? It's vanilla, but if you get like a nice, it's not like, you know, the crappy walls when we were young, like a nice Madagascar. I don't know what they do to the vanilla in Madagascar. It's the only place I've ever seen where it just says Madagascan vanilla. I've not seen vanilla from anywhere else. I've no idea if they can do it in Costa Rica, right? But I know that Madagascar make great vanilla. Yeah, no, I agree with you. But then the thing is, if I was stood in front of, like, every single flavour in the world, and nowadays you can get any flavour you want, right? And even if there was, like, Madagascar vanilla, which I would say is probably the best of the vanillas, there's no fucking way that's going on my cone. Like, if I've got, like, Bakewell tart flavour and Ferrero Rocher flavour and just straight up chocolate or even pistachio, man, or mint chocolate chip or, oh, God. Mint chocolate chip. Tutti frutti, what a cutie. Take a Gino home with you. Do you reckon we could get sponsorship from Gino Ginelli? Oh, my God. Gino, Gino Ginelli. Do they still exist? No. It's not even, uh, turns out it wasn't even uh, a real person called Gino Ginelli. It was Wolves. Just Wolves ice cream. Wolves are smart though, aren't they? Tutti frutti, what a cutie. Take a Gino home with you. You've got to do the whole song. You can't you can't do a little bit of it. I don't remember it. So am I just saying random stuff that you've got no, no idea? No, no, when you said when you said Gino Ginelli, I was like, oh my god, Gino Ginelli, and I remembered it going Gino but I don't remember the two three. I don't think they ever claimed that it was made by a man called Gino Ginelli. Oh, a man? Up. I would have said it was a woman. Gino? That's a man's name. Gino. Could be a woman, couldn't it? Gino Ginelli. I, so. I imagine her with quite, quite curly, like, red hair. Yeah, because um, what's the chef dude called? He's Gino. Gino? I cannot remember his name. But the Italian chef man, Gino. The dancey man on a dancey programme. He's a Gino. I think it's a man's name. Okay. Well, um, went straight to yeah, I, just in my head. She was like a redhead, quite attractive. So was there, was there anything? <laughs> don't give many Italian redheads, do you? I don't um, know if that's quite racist. That was racist. I don't know. I'm, am I making a stereotype that you don't get redheaded Italians? For some reason, I'm just getting Jessica Rabbit in my head. And I don't think she was Italian. No, she was American for sure, right? Yeah, but I mean, she, uh, you know, no, Americans are all like, oh, I'm one eighteenth Madagascan. And they're like, no, you just like ice cream. Like, there's, a, she might, she, she might have had, she, but I'd imagine they'll say she's Irish because she was a redhead. Mm, probably. Um, so, was there anything in the film where you were like, I get, like, there's because there's so many phrases, like. Like yesterday, I messaged a mate who haven't spoken to him for a month or so, and I just messaged him, "Talk to me, goose." Like, there's so many. You know, I feel the need, the need for speed. Like, there's so many things. Like every scene, basically, although the dialogue is generally pretty bad, there's so many like catchphrases. Nothing. Did, did you know by your face? Like, just, did, I just. Did you not watch it go? Oh, I I've heard someone say, you know, no, that nothing. No. I mean, this music. So when they played The Danger Zone, I was like, oh, my God, The Danger Zone. And then Ellie was like, is this the song you thought it was? And I was like, no. But then when it was that, like, doom, 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 that bit, I was like, oh, my God. That, that is good. Like, that is pleasing to me. But the rest of it, no, not at all. And actually, the it was so fucking predictable. So at the end, 
when she, the song comes on in the bar, I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, you know, this is just so ridiculous. And then he, he, he's like, oh, look, the first time I crashed and burned. And she's like, he's like, the second time it's looking good or whatever he says. I was yeah, like, was really- this is so fucking lame. Like, this is not how relationships work. You don't pick someone up in a fucking bar with a shit fucking attempt at karaoke, which is staged, and then everyone joins in. They turn out to be your instructor, blah, 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 blah. And then probably, what, four weeks later, but in real time, I don't know, six months, she walks into a bar, puts that song on a jukebox, and then you have the same conversation because neither one of you would remember what that conversation was. I mean, come on. But this is what I mean. There are so many things that you must have heard. Funny enough, playing your own overtime. Um, so many things you must have heard. Say, like, I feel the knees, the knees your son is uh, your son. Your ego is making is writing checks. Your body can't cash. Like these are you can be my wingman anytime. Bullshit. You can be mine. You must have heard people saying that and just no. gone over your head. I mean, you can so be my wingman anytime. I'm sure that I don't think you can even credit that to this film, can you? Like, which, which one? What? What you can be my wingman anytime. Yeah, I mean. People. Yeah, that's why people say it because of this film. But how do you know that? Like people had wingmen before this film. That's how big this film was. That's why we're doing this podcast because these are things which you should know. Like, and you've heard. Like, I made some reference to Miyagi when we talked about it before, and you were like, "I don't know who that is." These are such common cultural references. Yes, the but whole I just, just don't how have not. How have you never heard the phrase "You can be my wingman anytime"? You must have done. I mean, well, if I've heard it, I've just been like, thanks, that's great. I mean, like, it hasn't landed <laughs> because it didn't mean anything to me. That's I know what the wingman is, but it's not because of this movie. It's because Did of... you watch... No. Was, it, was there anything through the film and you were like, oh, you know what, that makes... I've heard people say that. No. Nothing. Nothing at all, apart from the music. The dun, 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 dun. I don't know where I've ever, like, if you'd said of the music, uh, I'm get the record again. Um, yeah, like Danger Zone. Yeah, Danger Zone. Yeah. Right, playing with the boys. Was when they were playing the volleyball game. Probably, yeah. I mean, it's a little bit literal. No, what yeah. Ellie said, oh, my God. This, and Take My Breath Away. I hate that song. I mean, it's a soundtrack. Let's be honest. Like they, they, they've got a soundtrack. Like good for them. But it's a good soundtrack. It did, you know, it sold a lot. It's not a good. I mean, even the soundtrack was pretty, um, like influential in the time. So these songs were a load of it was produced by either Giorgio Moroder, who was like a disco. He he kind of he invent. Didn't invent the Moog sound, but like a load of these like really classic disco sounds like came from him and came from his production and his techniques. It was massively influential on disco music and he produced this. Harold Fultemeyer did like loads of different soundtracks and stuff, like particularly in the 80s. What message did you take from the film? What what did you take from watching this? I mean, the, the two things, like, honesty is the best policy. Like, the, the fucking Navy, the Army, all of those forcey people, they need to stop classifying information and they need to just be outright frank and straight with people because otherwise it's going to fuck up their futures. And secondly, like, we all need to be more mindful of people's mental health. But I think that's in every second fucking movie I watch. It's like people have problems and you need to help them you can't just get through life going getting back in the air like it doesn't fucking work like that man it's not like get back on the horse it people need help he cradled his best friend in the ocean whilst he was dead i mean you don't get over that in a two hours and a shower and the guy's like oh when you when you fly for 20 years, there's going to be more of these. When you fly for... No, he walks into the bathroom and he goes, Goose is dead. And Maverick goes, I know. And it's, So that's just happened. No, I was holding he's his body. there in his pants. And he's like, well, when you fly for 20 years, you know, this shit will happen and it will happen again. So there'll be more. And it's like, no, no, that's not okay. Like, yeah, maybe this happens and maybe that is how war works. And, you know, you signed up for this shit, but you still need to sit down with someone and say... I've had a really difficult day. 
And actually, I need to just wrap my head around the fact that this person who meant the fucking world to me in a non-homosexual way, in my opinion, um, is dead. And that's really hard. I think that's the takeaway, isn't it? That and Meg Ryan is a fucking awesome actress. And again, full credit to her because she really saved the film for me. So was this worth your time watching? No. Oh, can we score it out of 10? Can we, can we, do you think we can score it out of 10? Yeah, score it out of 10. Do you want to score it in different categories? Do you want to score the music? Do you want to score the acting? I think you should put it all into your overall score. Consider these different things as part of it. Mm. And what you, you know, how all these things are contrary. And, you know, you can say I, I added a point for this and took a point away. But I think I want to know is two. Yes, two. You're, exactly. you're gonna, okay. I, I would give it a three, but I'm taking a point away because there's no fucking plot. So I'm giving it a two. So I, I did look it up on Rotten Tomatoes and the the rating there is like 6.9. It's like 69%. It's surprisingly wow. low. Wow. That's really look, high. Yeah, but again, this is such a classic film that everyone like is so familiar with you, you watched it to have quite like a you watched it without the rose tinted glasses without the like oh it's so it's so lovely film yeah, i watched you, it last night yeah how good was it on a scale a scale of naught to ten what do you give it i would yeah i mean like i'd give it in the sort of in the sevens seven because, because there's a lot of classic moments in there yes but th- this is the problem like, and you know, and this is like what, what, what you want from a film is mo- is things that stay with you right this one will so, stay with me. <laughs> I, it, it will you, stay with you. In one, no, it won't stay with me. I mean, n- nothing stays with me when it comes to films. But if in a month you ask me what the plot of this film is, I'll be like, uh, I don't know. Does he fall in love with a pilot? Or? Like, look, as well as as about like messages and stuff. Films are about what what you you know what you take from it and what you remember and these moments. And there's a, there's a lot of moments in this film. Then you're right. The moments are better than the film itself, but there's so many of them. That's why people love it because the plot isn't brilliant. The soundtrack's kind of was relatively cool, like of its time. But there's so many of these like quotable moments out of scenes. That's why people love it. Mm. Yeah. Well, thank you for um for this. Educating um, you? Yeah, it's it's been it's been emotional. Um, I, I hope that your that, that cinema this this film has done its job, which has you know enhanced your life in some way. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's definitely the end. <laughs>